This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Joined today in our uh, virtual studio by Evan Grant. Evan, Evan's blowing kisses, whatever that means. I don't know. And David Moore. Hi, David. Hello, Kevin. <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure why we had this blitz in every introduction with one of the members of this crew. Yeah, it's it's something. I'm not sure. But anyway. Uh, we'll, Seems to be a disconnect. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get to the bottom of it. See, maybe we can disconnect somebody. That would be even better. Uh, so we're going to talk about all the crazy things still going on uh, in sports, cancellations, postponements, uh, the Masters in November. Uh, today was supposed to have been the, uh, the finals of the Final Four. Uh, the Masters uh, was supposed to be this weekend, and now they're saying November the 9th through the 15th, I believe, are the dates uh, for that. Um, and, uh, and we've seen the Wimbledon canceled. Uh, we've seen the British Open canceled. Uh, and what was striking to me on both of those was that these were events that were scheduled for late June and uh, early July. Uh, and and they have already just canceled those things, which is uh, seems to be a little more, if we want to call it proactive, certainly more decisive than anything we're doing on this side of the pond. Um, I would I would assume that's based on the fact that the uh, outbreak is so much more, or it seems much more dangerous in uh, in Great Britain than it does even here because of the fact it's an island uh, and. Uh, and and we have like the prime minister uh, in intensive care there. So um, I think I, I do find that interesting. Maybe the uh, the difference in in approaches. Well, I do, I do think that you hit on a couple of things there. Um, and one is one with the British Open is I don't think you could push it back even if you even if you wanted to. You know, conditions there just wouldn't be acceptable later in the year. As far as Wimbledon goes, uh, I, I, again, it, I, I think the approach on the other side of the ocean is that games with fans in the stands wouldn't be acceptable. Uh, and then when you add in the fact that Britain is facing a significant crisis with Boris Johnson in intensive care, um, you had the Queen making a rare appearance to basically issue a wartime challenge to the entire to the entire UK on Sunday um, I think that that speaks to how how the entire nation is kind of taking this and um, David I think you had a, in the in the very lengthy pre-show meeting I think you had a very <laughs> uh, it was our most lengthy pre-show meeting to be honest so really, yeah I, I thought you had a very coherent point something about uh, U.S. sports liking to be in control. Well, I think I think you're hearing a lot of that now. Is that, um, and certainly you hear it from the NFL. That's their drumbeat. You know, we're proceeding as planned. Uh, right now, we're going to go into training camp. We're going to have our regular season. Uh, it's business as usual, with the understanding that could change. And you know, sports professional sports leagues, by and large have become, become accustomed to dictating to local municipalities what they're going to do, whether they're going to stay, whether they're going to leave. Uh, okay, do we need, you know, you're going to need to foot the bill for this new stadium or you could lose, uh, you could lose this team to another 
uh, entity. Uh, so it, it's all about them controlling their environment. But now, to me, U.S. sports leagues are, are at the bottom of the chain as far as control because uh, you have the federal and, and, and then you have the state level. And I thought this was really underscored when um, – and look, there, there's a fine line here of balancing optimism and hope with actually following what the science tells you and where you are in that process. And when President Trump met with the commissioners of all the U.S. professional sports leagues uh, on Saturday in a conference call and said, well, it's my hope, you know, that, that you're coming back sooner rather than later. And, yeah, this is going to be great to have the NFL start on time, and I believe they can and all of this. And you say that going forward. And then what happened within an hour of that? Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, said, well, look, there's nothing about the science right now that to open stadiums and allow 80 and 90,000 people in in group settings. That is not going to happen in California at this moment, based on what we know, I can tell you that. And then you had New York and Governor Cuomo came back and uh, New Jersey's governor too made similar comments in, in the last 24 hours, I believe. So this is what you're going to have. Uh, the NFL, Major League Baseball, wherever, can, whoever can say, well, look, we're starting our league. We're going to play through. We understand there are going to be some competitive challenges here, but we'll work that out as we go. But then you have an outbreak, say, in California, and the governor of California says, no, there are going to be no at shelter in place. We're going to have no large events. We're not going to have these gatherings. Or it happens in Florida. Or it happens in Texas. And all it's going to take is for something to happen in one of any of the cities in any of the leagues to shut down competition in that state. And then where do you go from there? And uh, there, there's just so much to work through. And there, there's some interesting scenarios here. And Evan, I kind of wanted to ask you about the, the baseball one. But again, you can talk about these things and you have to plan some contingencies. But no one has enough information at this point to be able to say when any of these seasons are going to resume or when they're going to start, I don't think. No, I don't think anybody does. And, and Kevin, I, I mean, before we get into, like, the, the MLB um, details, I, I just want to get from you since last night would have been the final four game finals and this would have been Masters Week. Just uh, your perspective on how much – America misses sports right now. Well, you know, uh, I miss it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm scrambling and thinking things to write about. Um, no, you well, know, that, it, we're watching a lot of Chicago PD. Uh, we have uh, Debbie and I are catching up on every season of that. It seems like. Uh, no, I, I think that um, uh, it, it, what's interesting about all this to me is how we've we're settling into this new lifestyle and, um, and, and I, I couldn't even tell you how many, how many weeks has it been now? Three weeks? Uh, is this been training on March 14th and that was two days after the NBA season had, um, had pretty much shut down. So yeah, we are right at three weeks. Yeah. And, um, and I, I just don't see, uh, I don't see any, you know, talk of anything happening in May just seems ridiculous to me. Uh, I, I think the, the very earliest you could talk about anything even starting to get back, you know, like where, where if the if baseball went back to spring training for a week or two, or uh, when I say spring training, go back to practices for a week or two, that wouldn't even start until June, sometime in June. Um I, 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 what I'm interested in knowing is uh, it, what do you guys think about the possibility that if – do you think that all professional sports, at least all professional uh, North American sports, would be in lockstep here? In other words, uh, if they just decide it's, a, it's just unfeasible to do this, that, that no one will play. I mean, will, will MLB, NFL, NBA – you know, uh, will they all just say, listen, we, we don't want to take a chance here of anything happening. And 
why why would one sport get an advantage over another one you know uh, in, in this case let me i mean let me speak to that just a little bit i i I think one, you know, if, if you read the CSPN report this morning, you you saw that there were some um, allusions that Jeff uh, uh, Jeff Passon alluded a couple times to um, uh, federal uh, that they that they've spoken with with federal officials about this, and and clearly the federal government wants to open up the economy and get businesses moving and some return to normalcy as quickly as possible. So. I, I think on, on that element, on the commerce element, you know, they've got the support of of some el, of some aspects of the federal government. But on the other level, we are just talking about how can you do anything at this point in time without absolute assurances of safety? And, and I, I brought up. To, to, to David in, in this earlier, when we talked about the MLB plan a little bit um, of going to Arizona and playing in Arizona, uh, having players isolated for as long as need be, um, where they would go from the hotel to the ballpark and back to the hotel, uh, where they might have one restaurant assigned as their designated training table, um, and so forth and so on. All those things are, are great elements of, of trying to get back to some sense of of normalcy and and i think that that mlb and every other league also sees in some regards a competing element here the first league that gets back and has an exclusive window is going to capture some audience as long as everything goes well and may there may be something to capitalize on there financially but here's the bottom line if you go to phoenix and you do all this and you plus another 250 support staff or whatever, what happens with all the testing that you're doing for these major league players and major league staff uh, constantly to make sure that you've got no outbreak? And there are people in Phoenix or Tucson who can't get uh, the testing that they, that they need. Because I think that where we're at right now is we want to be able to test as many people as possible and be able to isolate the the active cases and, and those that are infectious. And so to me, it still comes down to the public health element that you can't also play, even if you can assure your players of safety, how can you play if it's in any way going to impact or put a further burden on the public health system right now? Yeah, I, I, I don't think, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, well, I'm just going to say that, that that that's part of all this is to me is just the visuals, right? You know, uh, is it a good idea to be doing these kind of things? Uh, can can one league, can MLB say, okay, we're going, here we go, and 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 uh, and and just free of the NBA, the NHL, and you know the NA, you know the NFL, can can it really do that? Uh, I. I I'm I'm interested to know what the the commissioners are saying to each other. I'm interested to know what they feel like. We will only go forward if you think that when the time comes that your league can go forward. Um, I don't think lockstep on this. No, I don't. No, because I think that when it comes down to it, it still comes down to opportunity. And if MLB sees there's an opportunity to capture the nation's interest uh, at, at a point in time when there's nothing else going on and they can assure themselves that it's going to be done safely. And let's face facts that if you were going to play in one location uh, and have to do everything kind of in one limited location because of the spring training facilities and because of the number of stadiums there that you would have access to, I think that you could do it in Arizona better than better you could do it for baseball more easily than you could for other sports because there is the infrastructure in one metropolitan area like there is in Phoenix. Um, but you still are going to – I think that the optics may be uh, – maybe it's, maybe it's feasible and maybe it's doable, but I think the optics are going to be awfully bad that you're just trying to rush back and get people's attention um, – at a point in time when there are still a lot of people struggling to get uh, basic needs done, basic basic grocery shopping, basic 
the, the quick testing that we need done on, on a number of people right now that need testing, those kinds of things. That's another issue. Yeah, I, I think I read some the other day or less than far less than 1% of all Texans have even been tested at this point. And if, from what I've read about it, now let's take the fans out of this for a second and saying is you're just going to stage the games in a stadium or an arena uh, and, and play out the season that way to fulfill your TV obligations to, to your financial obligations to your players and, and have some competitive semblance of a, of a title in a championship season in, in any of these sports. Well, again, my understanding is even to be able to do this, we're going to have to be at the point from a health standpoint where every single person that takes place in either competing in that event, staging that event, broadcasting that event, covering that event, um, has to be tested daily with an immediate test that comes back because you're going to have to be able to isolate when when this first starts and whether someone needs to go into self-quarantine. And if you don't do that with every single person every day and get immediate results, you can get yourself back in the same position you are right now. And then you have to shut the whole thing down. So the worst thing to do is to say, look, we're gonna go back, we're gonna control this environment and we're going to play. And then three days into it, someone tests positive and you didn't know about it for three days and so now it, it taints the whole comeback and you have to shut down the league again. So I, I just don't think from a, a medical standpoint or a, or a resource standpoint that any of these leagues are anywhere close in the position to be able to stage something like that. And so I understand why you have to go through the mental exercise and, and maybe, I mean, there are a lot of people working on this internationally now. I mean, this is, I think we're going to see some tremendous strides in the testing uh, that's available and how quickly you can get the results and all of this and even fast track for a vaccine. But uh, it's not there at this point. And until you have that, uh, staging these seasons without fans is a pipe dream in my mind. So, Evan, let's go back to uh, something that I don't want to preempt something you're working on, but uh, you and I both uh, have been reading about the the South Korean uh, Baseball League and what they're going to try there. Uh, of course, that's a in South Korea, it's a completely different uh, set of circumstances than we have here. They were the government there was very quick uh, to act, and of course, just the culture there in general, very uh, you know, as the story laid out, um, you know very amenable to, to doing, very selfless. This is what we have to do. We have to wear a mask. We, we, we can be tested. Everything there is, you know, uh, uh, top shelf. You know, they, they have responded to this in just the way that uh, they needed to. And so the, uh, the outbreak and the, and the death toll is much lower there than it is in the rest of the world. So, uh, so, so baseball there is uh, on the verge of starting up. Uh, Perhaps is, is in, in short times a couple of weeks. Uh, there are some uh, American players over there, including Adrian Sampson, who uh, played for the Rangers, pitched for the Rangers. Um, and this is going to be, I think, a test case for everybody uh, to see how well this goes. It doesn't mean because it works in South Korea, it's going to work everywhere else. Um, but it certainly gives an indication of, about the feasibility of it. And it was interesting to me to read that story and see how they talked about some of the things David just mentioned that, you know, they're, they're testing every day. And uh, if someone, uh, if, if anybody tests positive, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be just uh, so support people. It doesn't have to be a player. Then everything shut down for two weeks and that's it. You know, then we have to start all over again. Um, so what, what are your thoughts about that, Evan? I, I, I still, I, I struggle to wrap my head around all of this. Um, uh, you know, uh, if you're talking about baseball here and, and trying to draw parallels and you're going, you know, most of those players that go over to South Korea uh, from the States and, and that it's a great minority. Um, but those guys are isolated essentially from their families for however long they are, they're, they're in Korea for that season. We're talking right now about the possibility of major league baseball players being isolated from their families for, for up to four, four and a half months. Um, and then if you, if you reach a point where you have a shutdown for two weeks, 
and players are are in isolation, can't leave their hotels, uh, can't can't you know their length of time away from their family is going to be heightened. I, I think there's I. I think there's a lot of hurdles to be overcome in, in any of this. I do think that, hey, it, it's great that that South Korea um, and the KBO is, has reached a point where they feel like there's a mechanism to at least try this out, right? And without getting to a point where you're playing actual games or, um, uh, or having fans in the stands, they're they're slowly walking back themselves back into it. Um, I'd also say this, I, you know, because the SARS outbreak was so much more severe in, in Asia than it was here in the states, though it was pretty significant in Canada. I think that um, I think that entire society is a little bit more accustomed to some of the sacrifices that have to go into social distancing and and to make life go on that way. Um, listen, in, in February, when somebody came to camp, when, when Korean reporters came to camp uh, to interview Sinshu Chu, they were already wearing face masks. Those guys were already wearing face masks. Uh, and, and we're six weeks, eight weeks behind on all that. Um, and we, you know, in a lot of ways, we view that almost as an intrusion of our privacy at this point, that how dare we'd have to actually put a face mask on. There's just a whole lot of issues to try and overcome to even get guys on the field um, to practice and work out. And I think that societally over there, I think they're in a little bit different situation. So it's, it's, it's hard to draw complete parallels, but I think this case – uh, there is going to be at least good to, to kind of examine. <laughs> Evan's got a soundtrack. I had the same reaction to what he was saying, actually. <laughs> so I don't. Singing dog. No, and that's, I mean, you know, let's kind of cut through. The only reason we're having this discussion is because what is the return to sports? It's economically driven. It is emotionally driven. If we were just talking about this strictly from a health perspective, this wouldn't even be a discussion right now. But, but, this, is, but this is going to continue to be a discussion. And, and I find interest because, um, you know, I, I think all of our governmental leaders were in this position too, where early, those who were slow to react were listening more to the economic rationale on why this didn't make sense because of the hurt uh, and pain it would inflict. And now we're at a stage where uh, I think the health professionals, uh, they're winning the argument, their lobbying is working because they're showing the numbers. But look, this is always going to be in flux with us because numbers are going to go down and then some people will say, well, look, they've gone down enough. Uh, you've inflicted enough pain on the economy. There are enough people out of jobs. We've got to start this back up. We know it's not ideal, but you've got to start it back up. And at that point, the health professionals are going to be going, no, we haven't, we haven't, you know, stopped this to the point that we need. If we open up again, you're going to have a boomerang effect like you've had in some other countries that have opened up after they felt they eradicated this for the most part. So we're going to be in this discussion, I think, for 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 weeks, certainly, and, and arguably months. And um, it, it, it's always going to be a moving target, and you're always going to be at a different spot. But th this discussion is economically driven. This is like, well, you've got to have, you've always had sports, you, you've, you know, you've got to have this, they've got to do that. But, you know, now let's flip the argument too. we're talking about what makes sense from the team standpoint, and what the leagues want to do. But let's look, basically most of the country is going to be sheltered through the rest of this month, right? And some even into mid-May, uh, potentially longer. So let's, let's use mid-May. And, and I think we'll all agree none of the sports will be back playing by mid-May. Uh, it's just difficult to envision a scenario. So now suddenly you're saying, okay, you're going to have to ease back into this. You're not going to go from where we are now to people being comfortable 
to placing themselves in a 21,000 seat arena, uh, uh, you know, a, a 45,000 seat baseball stadium or a 100,000 seat football stadium. People aren't going to, a significant percentage of people will not be willing to put themselves in that position. So I know people are excited for sports to be back. I think they're probably excited for sports to watch it on TV and to enjoy it that way. I, I don't know if they're excited for sports to be back to go into the stadiums and the arenas at this moment. Oh, I think, I, you know, I, 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 one thing I've, I've not seen mentioned, and I, I thought that this would be a very realistic scenario is there are, I think when you get back, there are going to have to be some at least initial social distancing um, elements uh, in stadiums. Um, you're going to have to have, I think you're going to have to go down in terms of capacity. You're going to have to have, you know, maybe half capacity, a seat in between every, every fan. Once fans do actually get into the stadium, you're going to have, you may have some other elements that you've got to do uh, initially of, one person a section. No, but, <laughs> but that's that's the problem with that. There's no way to there's no way to do that. What putting one seat in between two people is not going to make any difference. That's that's two feet. You know, that's not the six foot you know distance we we've been told about. So that there's to one third capacity. I, I'm I'm saying that you there are elements you can put into place. Well, here, here's the here's the issue. On, and, and Evan, just be quiet for a little while. Uh, the uh, I had a uh, uh, a reader send me something the other day uh, that she had received from the Cowboys her uh, season ticket renewal package, and that that was uh, supposed to be. I believe she said the deadline was sometime in May. May first, uh, I believe. Yeah, and that they were supposed. So people were supposed to be sending money in for games that we have no idea if they're going to play. And you know how that is. Yeah. I'll send you this money, and you, yeah, you'll send it back to me, right? You know, well, when will the Cowboys, you know, give that money back to these people if these games don't work? You know, no, it, it, all that money would go to is credits towards future season tickets. Or once they've got your money, they're not giving it back. No, and, and, and so yeah. Evan, Evan, be quiet, Evan. I'm not finished talking. Uh, is is that this is this is the issue here? People are are genuinely concerned, and so I, I'm wondering what the uh, so we, well, a lot of the stuff we just have no idea about, right? And, and so we just don't know what's going to happen. I'm wondering what the long term of this are going to be. I'm wondering what what will the public's reaction be after this? Will people? I mean, will, will we see? I mean, there has always been a feeling that you know television is taking over sports anyway, right? And that in some cases that uh, some of these leagues even prefer that, you know, that they make more money off their TV packages. Certainly we see that in college sports, you know, in college basketball and in the, in the NCAA tournament, you know, the, the, the arenas are a third full, you know, for a lot of these games and nobody cares, you know, you've got this TV package, right? That's all that matters. I'm just wondering what the long-term effects of this will be. Will we be still having events where a hundred and thousand, hundred thousand people are jammed into these stadiums. Um, is that going to be something where uh, will it take a long time for that to come back? Will, will fans say, you know what, I'm not taking any chances anymore. You know, we, we had this discussion in our own family over the last few days about, you know, will people be as uh, uh, comfortable going out in large crowds and being around a lot of people uh, as, as they were before? And in some ways, have, have people kind of grown comfortable being at home uh, you know we we see that hey it's okay to do this job you know as as we all know all of us know here we never go into the office you know we go in the office to do the the the, the four of us we, we go in the office or at least well jose goes in the office but uh, but the rest of us don't and uh and so and we're comfortable with that we're comfortable working at home i think what we're finding is, is that yeah you know what you can conduct life like this uh, kind of in these little satellites uh, uh, that we've built for ourselves. And, and, I, and I don't think that people are going to be, there will be a sizable number of people who will say, you know what, I'm okay with kind of uh, shutting this down a little bit. And maybe not to the extent that it was, you know, uh, I, I won't, I will go back. It won't be like, you know, to some things, I will do some things, but I'm not sure that the public will go back at least initially, and say, "Yeah, sure, let's let's go sit in this stadium and have this this clown sitting right next to me, leaning over my seat. I have no idea where he's been, what he's been doing, but you know, and exposing myself to that." 
if the Rangers open the season today, how many people do you think would be willing to go to the ballpark? I think that's a great question. And I, and I, I think that I, my guess would be 20,000 people. I bet you'd still get more than that. I don't know. I, I, I do think that, listen, there are a lot of people out there who think this is all bogus, right? Uh, you know, I, I know people who, who, who just feel like, oh, this is all an overreaction, you know. And, and, and to those people, I always point out, you know, it's like they say that look what's happening here in Texas. You know, it's not like New York. It's like, like yeah, listen, the reason this is happening in New York is because of the density of the population and because of the interaction of the people and because of, of public transit and all those kind of things. It simply means that the more you're around people who might have this, the better your chances of getting it. It's not because it's New York. It's not because it's the air. It's not because of, of the, of the, of the fact that it's an island. It's none of that. It's a, simply the overexposure and so if if people can't get that through their heads now that that's what's causing all this kind of thing then they're never going to understand it so yeah there will be a certain faction of people who feel like yeah i got no problem with this but anybody else anybody who's who's tried to do the right things and shelter in place they're not going to that game but, but kevin my point would still be this if you did not have the, if you only had recommendations for shelter in place and mm -hmm. have actual orders okay how would that impact life because we saw what happened in florida we saw what happened in in mississippi we've seen what ha has happened all over that until the actual government stepped in and said this is mandatory people were like yeah we're, we'll go out we're doing stuff I, I i don't know that i don't know that you have convinced the population that this is what's necessary. I think they're just simply, in a, in a lot of cases, abiding by the rules. Well, there, there, there's a libertarian bent to this, and there's also a generational bent. Um, I, I think certain generations are more prone to go out in public than others and, and, and view this differently. And uh, you're, you know, you're always going to have that. But you know, it's interesting because you know, for Jerry Jones, for for all he's done and and how he's elevated the TV money the NFL makes astronomically with his approach through the years. He has always been adamant that, look, yeah, we, we're getting more and more money from TV, and that's kind of our, that gives us our, our, our bedrock and our, uh, you know, found financial foundation, but we cannot become a studio game. We can't price ourselves out of the market. Uh, the, the human interaction and the, and the excitement that you have from fans in the stadium, you can never lose that. And I think there are a lot of sports franchises that cling to that, but now you're starting the discussion about how responsible it is, what are the economics of the sports, can you configure it to where maybe you don't need as many people uh, in the, you know, and, and look, it, it's different for every sport. I mean, you know, the number of people that come to games is much more important for the NHL than it is for, let's say, the NFL. Uh, it's just vastly different. It's a larger percentage of, of what their overall revenue is. And the longer this goes on, I think the more all these franchises are going to have to look at that, intera that interaction on actual on-site fan participation versus uh, – broadcast technological association with the game and we may very well see some changes there going forward that come out of this well let me I, let me give you one particular example right let's just david you're you go to a cowboy game you're getting there three hours before kickoff and and you don't have anything to do with in terms of the uh the uh the entrance times and things like that but with security and bag checks uh, and if you're if you're going to take some other essential elements, if you're if you were going to even try and do something like a fever check before you go into the stadiums, right? Um, look at how bunched up. The, how are you going to how are you going to institute any level of even minimal social distancing when you're trying to get fans into stadiums? Um, I know when I went to um, uh, I went to one oh I went to a concert at Chase Field last spring. Um, went to Billy Joel last spring in, in Arizona, uh, and it was one of the few times I had arrived, you know, shortly before an event was to start. And it was a it was a thirty minute wait with people 
bunched up person to person to person. And so those are, those are all going to be, those are all going to be big concerns. And I do think that Kevin, even if you can't mandate a six foot distance between people in seating bowls and things like that, I do think you're going to have to take some steps to lower some capacity in order to create some degree of distance and some manageable amounts initially of, of, of even semi-social distance. And look, we're not I, even talking about maybe, maybe it's mandatory masks too. Maybe that's another step in large settings oh, where if you come into this game, you're going to have to wear, you know, yeah. How much? How much would Jerry sell those masks for? Like, well, that's yeah. Each team would each team would then sell the mask. It would have to be the team logo mask that you wear in order to get in. There's no question. You know, there's a uh, right now. There's a a video that we watched yesterday that a nurse has done, and I'm sure this is pretty viral by now. In which she viral, uh, not a good word, Kevin. Not a good viral, word. not a good word anymore. Okay. Uh, and, and anyway, she's she's. Uh, and she's showing how basically she has paint on her on her hands and she's showing how uh you can uh, cross contaminate everything right uh and to me this is the issue with all this is that you know even if you go to a game and even if you had it set up where everybody was sitting three seats apart it's just what we said what about when you're coming in the stadium if you try to stretch that line out six feet per person that line's gonna be a mile long you know, you, you, you can't, you can't possibly do that. What do you do with the concession stands that people, what are, what are they going to do? Are they, are, are they really going to, you know, we talked about how, when we go, uh, our children have gone uh, to restaurants to get takeout. Right. And, and what my, my daughter-in-law says, you know, and I'm standing there in this restaurant and the guy won't get out of the way, you know? And she said, and I'm, I'm, and I'm wanting to, I'm wanting somebody from the restaurant to say to him, you need to go stand over here because he won't do it. So how many reasonable people do you think you're going to run into in a stadium, right? They're not going to be reasonable. And, and that's, and that's the issue. Have, have you ever seen the line for a woman's restroom at a stadium event? Oh, absolutely. Mix alcohol in with that. No, ab absolutely. That will, These... that will improve judgment by, on everybody. <laughs> yeah. I, also, Kevin, I mean, everything, we, it was March 12th, right? Or March, March 11th, I guess, when Rudy Gobert tested positive. Okay, and and that moment that the NBA announced that, and it was clear that they were shutting down. It became very clear that that he was patient zero, really, in the United States, and that that was going to mandate the entire shutdown of the society. And what I'm saying is that between March 11th and today, we've seen these dramatic changes in the country, and and hopefully at the point in time that we reach the apex and then start to get on the other side of the curve and flatten this, we will have. Uh, continued availability of tests. We will have um, uh, more um, therapeutics and things like that. And, and, and I, so I, I think that any measures you'd have to take with, with getting back to baseball, getting back to football with fans in the stand, they're certainly not going to be perfect. Look, I went to the grocery store yesterday to pick up some things. I wore a face mask. I wore rubber gloves. I did everything. I came back to the house. I took off my clothes. I wiped everything down. I'm still not sure I did everything right, you know? And, and, and so there is no perfect way to do any of this. And there is some assumed liability in all of this. But I think that, you know, in, in, in two months, hopefully, uh, three months, when you start to get back to some elements of, of life as we knew it previously, um, we'll have a more educated um, population. We'll have better preventatives. And we'll have, we'll have some other checks in place. I mean, life is changing at a very rapid pace for everybody right now. Agreed? Yeah, I, I, I don't see, listen, I, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, right, on any of this. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this guarantee right now. If sports returns, uh, if any of the sports return this year, this calendar year, there will be no fans at the events. I just I just don't see any way that you can have events and stage them responsibly and believe that there's any way you can get fans in and out of the events, to the concession stands, to the bathrooms. You know, you look at all that, and we've all been to a thousand events or, or more in our in our lifetimes, and and there and there's like cattle cars now. 
you know, and, and, and there's just no way you can possibly have enough people on hand to make sure that everyone's doing the right thing. Are they, you know, you know, it's just, just what you said also when you introduce alcohol into the equation, when people start to get a little drunk, are they, you think they're going to start following rules then? Um, and, and, and all it takes is one idiot to come in there and do something really stupid and, and to foul up everything. So I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see any fans at any events uh, this year, not, not, certainly not in any uh, responsible way. I just don't, I don't see it at all. I, I think there's certainly the possibility that they could start up games again uh, because at least with the players, it's a, more of a controlled environment. Uh, and there are things you can do in those cases. Even, even that's going to be difficult enough. And I just, uh, I didn't have this feeling early on, but, uh, but now as time has gone on, I just feel like that this is, this is what's going to end up happening. Well, the, the service industry, the restaurant industry was the first that was really hit uh, with this. And, and, and it's my belief that sports, concerts, large entertainment events are going to be the last to come back. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see any other way around it. In any, any large setting where you have that many people it's going to be the last sector of this economy or our, our, you know, experience to come back. I, I just don't see any other way around it. Also, yeah. the ultimate and disposable income for people, right? I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking about a lot of people without a whole lot of money to spend these days. Um, and that's going to probably be certainly in place for the remainder of this year. Kevin, I, I, I get your point about no fans in the stands this season. And, and, and I, I'm not. I'd like to be more optimistic and, and hope that by by autumn we're in a better position for that. But I do also know this: if there's one thing that that is driving the owners' desire to get back on playing fields, it's money. And if there's going to be one thing that would threaten them uh, uh, with not playing, it would be the potential loss of money. And what would that look like if you've got all of a sudden some liability suits for? Um, not being able to enforce social distancing, not being able to enforce or, or create a safe atmosphere for fans. That, that I think that's going to be a real issue that owners would have to consider as well. So, yeah, maybe, maybe we don't see fans in, in arenas or stadiums again this year. And, and, and I do think that if we do, it's still going to be on a much, limited more, uh, on a much more limited basis. But I, I, I would ask you guys this then. I mean, I was just thinking about this as we're talking, right? If you're talking about no fans in stadiums, okay, and you're just talking about broadcasting games with players, so you need no facilities for fans. I know there's some safety elements and all of that, but do you have to play baseball games in spring training stadiums? Could you, could you play them on college, on college fields? Could you – you know, if you took if you took the facilities that you had here in North Texas, why couldn't you do it here instead of Arizona? Well, what, why why have it here though instead of Arizona? I mean, what? Well, I'm just saying. I I guess my point would be that if you determine that this is a safer location, uh, if there's not an outbreak here, if there is an outbreak in Arizona, what would what would limit you from doing it here? Well, I don't, I don't think the facility, you know, uh, let me just say, uh, you know, I've been to a lot of the baseball facilities around here and some of them are pretty nice, but the, but the dugouts, the locker rooms, all that kind of stuff are just not to scale. And and, and plus in a lot of these places too, six feet away from each other in the, in the bleachers and not in the dugout. Well, I guess that's a possibility. I think the quality of the uh, of a lot of these venues are not, you know, what you would want. Uh, certainly, the field services aren't always great. The fences, you know, are, are frankly a lot of these places are pretty small too. Uh, most of the parks are a lot smaller than major league parks, so I think that would be an issue as well. I I, I do. I don't know. There's part of me that feels like, at least in Arizona, it's a little more spread out. You know, it's not the population is not as dense. Uh, and then, and maybe you could, maybe you could pull off something like this and then house the players and do all these kind of things. And and I, and I think that's a possibility. I, I you know, I, I, I'm not up to speed on what the liability issues are for uh, television. I mean, for these sports, do they still get? You know, is this TV money guaranteed, or is it only if the games are played? Uh, those are those are issues I'm not really sure about. 
And uh, and to me, in the end, that will dictate whether they play or not. They, they, they're not going to want to lose that TV money. You know, you can lose – losing money at the gate is going to be really hard to take. There's no question about that. Concessions, gates, all that's going to be really difficult. But losing the TV money too, oh, that's a that's a deal killer. Well, that's why you would play, you know, two, two seven-inning games in a doubleheader, um, even with no fans in the, in, in the stands, because you would split that up into two broadcasts, and then that's two more broadcasts that you would not lose the revenue from. Yeah. Yeah, so this is uh, – I, I, you know, I don't know where we go in all this. I, I read a story in the New Yorker the other day, though, talking about the world history of, of pandemics uh, and and misconceptions about them, and and the thinking that oh, well, they just go away, they just kind of peter out. Well, they don't, they don't really do that. You know, what what happens is is they 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 do come back. Sometimes they come back within a, a six months, sometimes a year, sometimes it's as long as thirteen years that these things come back. And so, uh, obviously, what we're counting on is some kind of uh, antidote to all this, right? Uh, so, so we can take a shot and we get rid of that. And that's that's, that's therapeutic, right? Absolutely. That, that's what we're counting on here is that. But there's no indication that, any, that we're really anywhere close to that. There's lots of rumors about things and things they can do, but, but those things haven't been tested. You know, the double-blind standards, all the kind of things that the normal protocols that you have to go through for these types of things, because Lord knows you can't be giving people shots and have no idea what the repercussions of this are. What, what will you introduce into society then? So to me, that that's all a year away. You know, well, yeah. Normally, it's I think it's like eighteen months. Now, you could probably fast track that to twelve months, but now you're back into next spring. That doesn't account for October and November right. flu season, where where this is going. There, there is no scenario where you can't say this isn't going to come back in the fall. Just none at the moment. Right. And that, so that's, that's why I say all about all that. I, I, I think there's a, I give a possibility of 40, 40, 50% chance that we get sports back in some form, you know, uh, and that the games will be played, but I, I have almost zero chance that you come back with fans. I just, I just don't see it. I don't, and like David said, this, you know, putting mass groups of people together doesn't seem like a good idea. And that's what was blew me away when I saw those, uh, those pictures from China, uh, I guess this week where they'd relaxed some of their uh, restrictions. And you saw these people jammed up on these sidewalks, uh, thousands and thousands of people. And they're all wearing masks, but they're all right next to each other. And, and I'm, I'm just blown away by it. So, so maybe to Evan's point earlier that maybe people, if, the, if they open it up tomorrow, how many people would show up at, at the Globe Live field? You know, uh, maybe there would be 40,000. You know, I, I feel like, though, there's going to be enough dent in all that uh, that people would uh, – enough people would feel like, no, I'm not, I'm not taking that risk. I can't disagree with you. I mean, I, I, I'd still like to be optimistic to think that we would, we, we would find better um, – we find some solutions in the shorter term rather than the longer term, but I don't know what even for me the shorter term is three, six months. You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I do think that I do think it would be important uh, right now, especially people who are housebound uh, to be able to watch some live sports, especially even if there are no fans in the stands. And so that's, there's some, there's some benefit to that, but certainly not at, at the, at the height, at any heightened risk of, of infection, um, and I do think that when you do get to a point where you can have fans back in stadiums and arenas, that it, it return it, it it constitutes a return to normalcy, which is something I think that everybody in this country um, absolutely craves at this point in time. Even with the the, the quote unquote benefits of of being able to to better connect with your families and, and better connect with, with, um, with people from around the country via, via technology. I, I still think that that idea of sports in America, um, you know, which I think at one point in time was the name of a series that we made. Yeah, we have one of those. Um, yeah, I, you know, return to normalcy for this country and that's going to be important. Well, um, I do think that that is all important. I think what's going to end up happening is that Chuck Morgan will have to work on his soundtrack. Uh, 
uh, put a little uh, applause. Uh, the, use some of the laugh tracks from uh, from old uh, sitcoms, uh, and uh, have that ready to, to punch that up when the when somebody pipe hits it on. in, pipe it into the stadium. Yeah, exactly. That would, weird. that would be that would be weird on the broadcast, right? To hear absolutely no crowd noise whatsoever. And the, and that would be another discussion. Is that too off putting? And you decide you need to pump in crowd noise. And how awesome would it be for like Dak Prescott to go up to the line and to ask the crowd to be quiet when <laughs> there's no when there's no noise? <laughs> no, here's, here's what he do. Here's what Dak does. He turns around and goes, "Hey, you, shut up." Yeah. 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 Did you guys see the photo this week of uh, of Dak and Dez working out? I did see that. Were they were they wearing gloves? Uh, that was a, I wanted to, uh, to look and see if they were. I don't think they were. What about uh, after the workout when they were all hugging each other and lining up for a photo? I, I, it's just not a good look. A, <laughs> I, I just I, I I sometimes I just don't get it. And, and as somebody, but, but, but having said that, I'm still amazed. Almost every time you see public officials make some announcement or decree or shelter in place. They're all standing right there within one foot of each other, or they're all rubbing shoulders. Yeah, yeah. I, I have noticed that on the on President Trump's press conferences now that they do they now, are, are yeah. spreading them out. Yeah, all of a sudden somebody finally said, "Hey, you know what? This is not a good optic here of all y'all standing right behind each other." You know, with, within a shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, I, I, I think somebody captioned that picture of Dez with the uh, the idea that two weeks from now the headline will be Dez caught it. <laughs> oh man yeah okay all right well i think that's going to wrap it up for us uh on this uh um uh, very grave and uh and depressing uh podcast uh today about the the, <laughs> the future of sports in uh in 2020 um but i think we like to call it the pandemic podcast yeah, I like it. That'd be good. We may also have another podcast uh, later this week. Uh, be sure to petition your uh, your congressman to ask that, that we make sure we do that. Uh, it's going to be really good. We'd like to talk about the Cowboys. At some point, you know, I, I do think the things that will go on, they will have a draft, uh, and the, they will uh, uh, they'll be at home, and, and they won't be in the war room, and that'll be really sad because we love those pictures of, of Jerry and everybody. Much- picture of jerry being in his living room in his jammies <laughs> how cool would that be it is jerry jammies uh they would uh, I love cowboy jammies you know that for sure yeah, yeah their list of all the players they want in order right behind it so you know how they're ranked <laughs> yeah <laughs> they've done that before I mean, they have yeah they have done that before so it's like eating a eating a snack in their kitchen when they're making the pick. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> That'd be good stuff. So we will we will talk about that because there are, you know there's some interesting things to ask about uh, the Cowboys' priorities, what they want to do. Uh, you know, will they go with a cornerback? Will they go with the defensive end in that first round? There's there's some interesting things still to talk about in sports, other than just whether we're going to have sports anymore. So, from everybody in here to everybody out there, thanks for coming, and we'll uh, see you next time. Bye-bye.